0: this is susan marie and you are listening to ThinkTwiceRadio.com on this is not the apple today i have with me someone extremely special if you are not familiar with her then you need to get yourself out into the art scene going on in buffalo today i have here celia white she has been published locally and nationally and is known for her spoken word performances celia hi hi And uh, Celia, she's also the co-founder of Urban Epiphany, Western New York's largest poetry event. It's held every April at the Universalist Unitarian Church on Elmwood and West Ferry. Um, The co-founder, that's also Joe Todaro? That's correct. And how did you guys put that together?
1: Well, our original inspiration was actually the St. Mark's Poetry Project Poetry Marathon. They have one every New Year's Day at the church on the Bowery. And um, I went to uh, experience that event, I believe it was in 1998, and I came back to town and I was at one of those Dance Alive events at the Unitarian Church, kind of a tribal rave, and I was boogieing with Joe Todaro, who's just a buddy of mine, and I said, I have a great idea for an event, <laughs> boogie, 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 and I said, let's do it. So um, the format of the two-minute reading was what we began with, and. Between us, we each know about half the city of Buffalo and mostly poets and artists, so that's how we began. We had about 70 readers that first year. No way, really? Yeah, and our our participation varies between about 70 and 100, depending on the year, so that's what we do. Um, I I
0: have to say about Urban Epiphany, I didn't want to start right off with that, but since we're on that subject... um, Anybody who's not familiar with Urban Epiphany, uh, this is six years running. I volunteered this year, and it's the greatest thing I ever have done. I was um, I was a bit nervous about doing it. As soon as I met Celia, as soon as I walked in that door, I knew everything was fine. Great. Um, her spirit, everything about her is just so calming. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And when it's called Epiphany, this may sound clichéd, it was actually an epiphany for me because I had been stifled. From a lot of the art scenes so walking into this amazing group of beautiful artists that finally understood me i felt like i was coming out of uh, being underwater so thank you for that that's fantastic Thanks. and uh, no thank you you can go to www.urban epiphany Actually, hyphen epiphany.blogspot.com to sign up in every April for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, also, www.newbuffalographics.com at 810 Elmwood Ave in Buffalo. They're still selling t shirts from this year's Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Um, there are archives and info about the event and info about Celia on that blogspot. And every year, I can't stress this enough, there are volunteers needed for the event videographers. Um, People to sign in poets. Mm -hmm. Um, That's for cost of the posters, rental of the hall, possible videotaping of the event in the future. Richard Wicca, right here, think twice, um, first time this year, uh, recorded Urban Epiphany, which is right now available online. Um, Rob Nesbitt recorded and
1: engineered it. Mm -hmm. Um, How many poets was that? We had about 80 poets this year, I think it was. Um, That was so helpful. We've gotten such great feedback about the audio recordings this year, so we are very grateful to Rob and Richard. It's wonderful. That is so And I've been inspired to um, take the video. We have about 26 hours of video of past events from the past five years. That I would love to see put online, so I'm I'm looking for a way to do that. It's a very large project. Oh my gosh! But um, are those that's the archives
0: I saw on the blog spot?
1: Um, no, they're not up at all. They're not up at all. I have them on VHS in my house at this point. So Richer. some things need no. to be done. <laughs> 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 Watch We're this giving space. Him, giving him a project. Um,
0: on on that too, Rob Nesbitt, He also took photographs of all the all the performances, which was great. And um, so. Uh, Keep that in mind there. about I'd love to see that up. I would love to see that up. Yeah, the past archives. I
1: think it's a real archive of literary history in Buffalo. It's a place so rich in literary history, and why not? It is have that truly gritty urban part. It you is. know, wildly available. It was. Uh, I can't.
0: I can't express enough how amazing that event was. I'll do it every year, and I will volunteer Great. every year. I'm Great. not even kidding. So you're not going to get rid of me. So. <laughs> 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 um, Celia's uh, latest volume of poetry is entitled letter that can be found at talking leaves on Main Street and also Rust Bell books on Allen in Buffalo in the local author section and um, is this a compilation of your yeah previous actually books?
1: Um, yes I've published six check chat- chapbooks in the past starting in 1992 and um, this is a collection of m- much of that work it is not all of that work um, for me while I'm so happy to have it here in my hands and I think it's a beautiful book it's a little odd because a lot of the poems are 15 years old or 10 years old so um for me it's kind of like a memory book almost as much as a book of poetry but I hope that people can approach it freshly also I did yes I, I did I came in
0: when I have to tell you guys this when Celia came in I had about like 15 things picked out for her to read, you know? And she's like, no, that's old. No, that's old. That one's
1: too personal. I want that one.
0: You guys have to get this book. Um, It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. Also, she's got these little... I call them aphorisms. They remind me of like Kafka's aphorisms, if you've ever read that. They're just like two-liners, and they just make you think. It's amazing. And what she also has throughout this book, which I really like, is... Uh, one part, which I don't think a lot of people are familiar with, it's um, spring in beautiful river. And what beautiful river really means, um, it's the French translation.
1: It's the word fleuve which was the original name of Buffalo when the French settlers came. I mean, the Indians were here, obviously one of the first names in another language was Beau Beautiful River. I think it's a gorgeous, poetic name for our very gorgeous, poetic town.
0: It is. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that you included that here. That yeah. was great. Um, you can visit uh, Celia on the Internet at her web space, com. If you cannot find her volume of poetry, please go there and get a hold of her. Mm-hmm. Um, A couple things I'm going to mention, she's had publications appear in many things, Exquisite Corpse, The Buffalo News, Art Voice, Over the Transom, Not Just Air, Ecker College Review, and New Voices. You have six previous Mm chapbooks, Fever's Cusp, Mouth, Stick, Lit, and Sip, and four tiny books, Mm -hmm. which I'll ask you about in a second, Pocket Poems, Fog Haiku, Rust Haiku, and Twelve Haiku. What exactly are tiny books? Are those like the little city light books that you see? Or? Um,
1: No, it's actually the pocket poems, which you mentioned. I used to do this around the Allentown Art Festival. I would choose three poems and just make a kind of almost like a palm-sized book, um, one of each poem, and sell them for a dollar each. No
0: way, really? Are yeah. they still available?
1: No. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's- Yeah, they don't exist. We do them in tiny little runs of about 50 and sell most of them, which was great. Of course, you had to watch out for the Allentown Police. The Allentown Police. (laughs) Yes. Are your chapbooks still available? Um, There may be a few out there. I think there are still some at Talking Leaves, but I'm no longer publishing them. That was just a desktop publishing sort of a project. Gotcha. Okay. And I did want to mention about how this came around to be published. It is also a self published uh, thing, and it's something that I really recommend that poets do. If you feel strongly about your work being out there, take it into your own hands. People are very, they have very personal opinions about poetry, and you could wait for a long time to find a publisher just who likes your stuff specifically, but it's a big world, and why not do it yourself? Um, it cost me to publish this really lovely, slick thing about the same as I was publishing chapbooks for. Um, through kinko's Mm -hmm. and that i just did on my computer and i would fold them and staple them and things like that um... and while it's not really obvious on the actual printing of the book this was um... published by ambient press who's really one individual ernest scribner who lives down in the southern tier and um... he bought a series of isbn numbers to basically give away to folks that he liked and he's published his own work and he has a few other projects in the in the works, as well. Um, but all the design and the choosing of the poems and the actual printing, I did. You did, okay. Yes. It's so. a
0: beautiful volume. Thank you. It is a really, it's a gorgeous book. I wanted to ask you, too, about the first dedication up here, because mm-hmm. I look the, at it The blurb on the back of the book? I look at it as, as a dedication.
1: I think it's beautiful. Jimmy Margaret, is a Gilliam? Gilliam. Gilliam. Jimmy Gilliam is a local writer. She was also a teacher at ECC for many years and my very first poetry teacher when I was an adolescent. Really? We go way back. So.
0: The dedic- that, I think it's absolutely beautiful.
1: Would you like to read it?
0: I would. I will read it. I, it's, it's gorgeous because I, f- I fell in love with this, what she wrote. It says, this poet is present, my simmering heart always within earshot. This poet is knowing and generous with her knowledge. By the time the ocean reaches the shore, she is on her knees. This poet is honest about what it means to honor the truth of experience. The hook of body into body as he becomes lure, loop, love. Celia White is our poet, a buffalo poet within this intimate landscape. Her language, synapse, firing spectacular imagery mouth sucking words each poem a body full of blood that is absolutely yeah beautiful. i love that definition. i do too i had not mention that i'm actually quick.
1: lucky enough to be um in a continuing writing group that's led by jimmy with a few other women really yes we're called the pearls oh you are the uh, really yes i didn't know that yes so okay, um that she's been my mentor for such a long time and I didn't know that. really gave me permission in so many ways i didn't realize until i was an adult you know
0: I read that, fell in love with it. It's amazing. And um, uh, a couple other things I'd like to mention is that in 1995, Celia, she received the Just Buffalo Literary Center's Writer in Residency Award. Um, now what I wanted, which is huge, and congratulations for mm-hmm. that, I wanted to talk about this a little bit, how it's achieved, I what advice to aspiring writers. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's something you're awarded mm-hmm. or you apply um, for
1: as far as I know it's still the same process you actually do apply Um, there are some occasions I think in which people are chosen Um, but I as I recall I actually submitted some poems it's such a long time ago now um, for me, it was such a big honor. I was, you know,
0: oh, you should, a younger poet
1: than I am today, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of felt like, oh, this should go to some others before me. No. Um, but it was a wonderful experience. They they encourage you not only to do readings, but to do things that really connect with the community as well. Really? Yes. Yeah, so that was a wonderful experience. I've also taught through Just Buffalo for many years as well. That's what I was looking at. I saw over here
0: that um, you're a writing teacher also yes. mm-hmm. and a librarian. Yes. What specifically do you teach writing?
1: Right now, my, my focus has been teaching through young audiences of Western New York, which is a local organization that gets grant money and hooks mostly public schools but also other public organizations like the Boys and Girls Clubs and things like that Excellent. with um, not only writers but artists of all kinds, visual artists, musicians, things like that my focus for the last few years has actually been on teaching um, with the erie canal curriculum so i see mostly fourth graders and some seventh graders since that's when they're learning that and i go in with writing exercises to connect the content of their lessons with um... creative writing experiences which is great in this climate when it's it's so testing oriented that right, they um, used to do a lot more writing in right. general than they're doing now so um... sometimes this is the only writing they're really doing in depth all year And I actually visit them four times. So we have a very thorough experience together. It's great. It's amazing. You should be very proud of that. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I've also taught poetry and journal writing and fiction in the past.
0: Do you do any of that now, like with students or
1: accepting? I'm I'm prepping some workshops to teach to adults, actually. Kind of a not exactly journal writing, but just self-expression, self-exploratory sort of a workshop.
0: Is that like a future thing you're looking at? Yes. Okay. Would that be? Uh, would you put that on your blog spot? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, going back to this, in um, in 1998, Celia was also the recipient of the University of Buffalo's Academy of American Poets Prize. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about that?
1: Sure. Um, that was actually while I was in library school. Um, it's something you can only apply for if you are a student at a given institution. And it's given by many schools all over the country, but a poet affiliated with a given institution is the person who chooses the poems. In this case, it was Carl Dennis, who's at UB. And uh, he chose my poem, Letter, as uh, the winning poem. So that was quite an honor. Yes, That's amazing. Is that why you named your book? Um, The Letter is the the first poem in the book. Yes. Gotcha.
0: That's amazing. In 2006, she was also twice voted by Art Voice and Buffalo Spree as Buffalo's best poet. (laughs) Yes, I think I've peaked. How can I ever do it twice You didn't think I was going to find out any information, (laughs) did you? See, I call Celia, you know, I email her and she's like, oh, just my book. I'm like, no. (laughs) Also, you were previously voted Artist of the Week by Art Voice. Yes, yes.
1: It's amazing. Congratulations. Yes, I think all that happened in the same week and it was my birthday. You've got to be kidding. You know.
0: Wow. I've hit the height. i got a lot of work to do. (laughs) Um, Have you always resided in Buffalo?
1: Well, most of my life, but I've actually lived many other places. I grew up in Buffalo, in Riverside, and then North Buffalo, and went away to college. I attended Hampshire College in Massachusetts. I lived in Seattle for a few years, Um, returned to Buffalo, and then went off again um, as part of my library career to live in San Francisco. Um, where I built a tobacco industry document library, which is another story entirely. Wow, I did want to talk to you yes. about that. Yes, um, and then moved back here. So, And I've also spent summers in various cities, so I'm pretty well-traveled, but Good. Buffalo is absolutely my home, and there's no place else I'd rather be. That's great. Me too. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Um, now, the
0: librarian, that's a lofty mm-hmm. degree. I've looked into that.
1: Yeah. How many years is that, actually? Let's see. I've um, The program itself is about a year and a half depending how you do it. Um, and I've been a librarian for about 10 years. Wow. So I really enjoy it. Right now I'm working part-time as a reference librarian at Canisius College, and I also have a little business on the side where if people need um, in-depth research done, they can contact me through Professional professionalresearchservices.com. Is that right? Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got it here. I don't look at
1: the URL myself I much. do, yeah. No, Professional um, professionalresearchservices.com. Yeah, so just, you know, once in a while you need a... A real librarian to do some really work for you see so. I was
0: looking at that okay mm-hmm.
1: I love library work it, it takes a lot of what I love about teaching and what I love in books and puts them together so. well I had looked into that one uh, one year and I'm I am like my goodness it's so
0: it seems like such a long schooling mm. but you know I love Being in a library, being in a bookstore, those are my favorite things. And just something about, I could spend like hours and just be lost, you know, in a library. Something about a library itself, I just absolutely love. The card catalogs and little things. I don't call me crazy. It's just, you know, (laughs) I love
1: that stuff. I love that the world gets put into order. That's one of the most satisfying things for me.
0: I had, um, I was reading about old bookstores um, I personally love old bookstores, and I wrote this piece called um, Literary withdrawal death of a book because I was actually petrified that one day like LP's books mm-hmm. are going to be obsolete mm-hmm. You know so at this I spurred this thing. I read something that um, You had something about old bookstores. I did Did you yeah, no, I don't think so Oh, I maybe. spent a lot of time in bookstores in books or Rust Belt. Rust- yeah. Yeah, it's a place to be I know and um so yeah other than that so okay so the future thing is you're looking into that
1: and
0: um, so did you want to read some
1: mm-hmm. sure um, let's see the first poem that um, I chose today is a little prayer it's a prayer for Buffalo think here are some things to pray to in Buffalo New York and just as I kind of uh, cop the idea for urban epiphany from elsewhere this um, title and this idea is Um, ripped off from Robert (laughs) Haas who's a (laughs) California poet who also did spend some time here in Buffalo and loves Buffalo and the poles of Buffalo particularly Um, but he wrote a poem about things to pray to in uh, California and this was my answer to that here are some things to pray to in Buffalo New York the river the weather sunset and sunrise but especially sunset cafes spilling onto Elmwood Avenue beer greek diners open all night steel young songwriters snow teresa bellissimo grit trees black november rain polish grandmothers balustriary bread january thaw families deep and strong as true roots grow tree roots grow dandelions generous bartenders the casual chapel of broderick park robert creely's firehouse door the broken fence between the Christian and Jewish cemeteries off Genesee Street, jazz at Sibley's on Thursday nights, Orchard Drive, the silver roof of the Tri-Main building, the front stage at Nietzsche's, infant gravestones from 1851, the peace bridge, the fact of home knit like a bone.
0: That was beautiful. Thank you. You have such a beautiful speaking voice. Such a beautiful... Something you put into... You're reading. I don't know. You make it gritty, but it's soft. I can't even explain <laughs> it. If anybody has not been out to see Celia Read, please um, please go, go see. Do you have any upcoming videos?
1: Well, I don't really have anything coming up this summer. I did do a spate of readings after the book came out in May. Um, but I will be participating in the Trees of Surprise reading which is happening Friday, October 13th at the Carpelli's Manuscript Museum. I'm not sure what the time is. I think it might be 7. I'm not sure either. Um, But I'm sure that it will be widely publicized. That's a reading that's being organized by the poet Marjorie Norris, who has organized an anthology of buffalo poets writing about our October storm and the loss of trees and just the importance of trees in our universe and i think that's going to be a very special event. Did you say that you're going to yeah, be there too? Yeah, i'll be there too. Well? Yeah, i'll
0: be published there too and going Wonderful. so it'll be very interesting for me. I was really shocked because that's another freaky thing. You know, i don't believe in uh i, I don't believe in you know, every Coincidence? S- uh, yes. I don't whatsoever. And I show up there with a tree poem yes. out of the blue. Yes. And it's this
1: big tree thing going on, so it was just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Urban Epiphany actually has some sort of secret theme every year. I don't mean that I pick the theme, but people show up with poems about certain things. One year it was teeth. Really? Yeah, it was a mystery. Um, I'm also <laughs> going to be reading <laughs> in, uh, in sub- sometime in September at Nietzsche's on a Sunday. Oh, um, cool within Anne Philippone's time at uh, Nietzsche's if you've never been there on a Sunday it's a wonderful place to be and will play anything from classical music to barrel house blues and sing in her wonderful scratchy voice and once in a while she will have poets there and she does musical collaborations with the poets and I will be reading along with Christy Neal who's the owner of Rust Belt Books Um, this is kind of a sequel to a reading that we did last March and uh We always try to make it interesting. We kind of do a performance sort of a reading, and I believe this time we'll actually be reading each other's work. No way. Are you serious? Which should be delightful, at least for us, and hopefully fun to watch.
0: That will be fun because we were talking about that in our writers group. We actually just did that. How would you feel about someone else reading your work? And I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? But definitely learn a lot. Yeah, thinking like, well, it'd be cool to see... How someone else interprets yes. what's going on in your head, you yes, know? Yes, very much so. Yeah, so that there's no date for that now There's though? no date set. Okay, September um, though, right? Yes. Okay, definitely got to go to that, you guys. You definitely got to get there. Um, what else do we have? Let me see. There's, um uh, I wanted to, oh, a picture I saw. I'm in love with this picture cooking okay Mm -hmm. now I'm looking at your blog spot and I'm looking I'm like I'm starving now I'm really (laughs) hungry and I'm like all right now I now I gotta order some food and it's like you with the recipes and the cooking that's huge with you huh? yes
1: yeah I have a little herb garden and I I love to cook it's one of my favorite things to do so you
0: have some amazing things if if you guys want some recipes and great restaurants to go to too and really go on her blog spot again um again that's Celia the Poet Dot .blogspot, right? Yes. Dot .com? Yes. Right. Amazing recipes on there. The one thing I wanted to mention is there is a photograph. I, I love photography. I fell in love with this. And there's two things to it. one is that your hand, Celia? Yes. what' to say okay, it's Celia's hand and she's holding fresh sage mm-hmm. It is the most beautiful photograph. did you take that?
1: Yeah, you did. yeah it's absolutely. I just stunning. discovered sage this summer. I'd never grown it before. No way, really? I'm in love with sage oh, now. me too. I've been making the browned butter sage sauce for pasta. It's fabulous.
0: Oh gosh, see, I've always had an herb garden. yeah. I, it also makes me feel peaceful yeah, you know oh, for sure. spiritual you know. And uh, But then you could just go in your yard and pick it and yep. add to your food. That's it's great. me out there
1: at midnight <laughs> while the water's boiling.
0: <laughs> just good sniff, yep. sniff, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, well, I saw this picture. You guys have to check it out. It is just, I looked at it, and not only is it a great work of art, but it's highly spiritual. Because I look at, like, uh, when you look at how many properties Sage holds besides cooking itself, mm-hmm. Yes. And it's in your palm, and I have a thing with palms. Mm-hmm. So I see that line in your palms, these beautiful sage leaves, and they're just huge, and it's it's a beautiful photograph. Nice. You should be proud yeah, of it. Yeah, I that. enjoy
1: taking photos, too. I have a big Flickr uh, photo stream, too, Would which you, you can see through my blog. It is? Yes. I didn't find it on there. Yeah, if you go right to the page on the side, there's photos, and if you click on one, you can see I many, many more.
0: photos on blog. I'm putting this here. I found that because I was... My mouth was watering over the yeah. food. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was. I'm like, Great. I gotta talk about this cooking. I'm here you here should to get inspire. a book together, yeah. <laughs> yeah. one day. Maybe one day. Um, you did some old radio interviews.
1: Oh yes. Well, I just recently I was uh, transferring some stuff from uh, cassette tape to digital recording. So I have these old interviews from me on WBNY. And WBFO and things like that from at least ten years ago. Really? So I've been listening to those. Are those your personal interviews, or are they um, out there? Or? Just interviewed. I was interviewed by various little DJs on, uh, just at the college radio station. You know, I was like, oh, she's a poet. <laughs> we'll <have her> <laughs> she's <the> poet. <laughs> yeah, random Ron, wherever you are. <laughs> so um, they were. You know, sometimes you had to help them along. Not like this situation. <laughs> Yeah, so I live in Buffalo and write <laughs> poems. Oh, my would gosh. You, shall I read one? You know. <laughs> it was lots of fun, though. Oh, my gosh.
0: Speaking of, you should probably read it. Would you, you want to read another? Sure. Go
1: ahead. Um, this is sort of an older poem. It's actually quite an older poem, but here we are in the flush of summer, and I think it's an appropriate one. It's called Raspberries. The poets are still singing from the other side, Great cadences, choruses of faith, picking raspberries, dead children, the last gold slant of light over the rolling hill, the nameless urge toward loneliness and death, the unhappy silence between two people who once loved each other as life, traveling, returning, a mother's advice, spare seasons of certainty. Most days, all I can manage is my life. I live in the gothic grime of the city and it is seductive, battering, open, open, open all night, and beauty lurks and leaves all the time like some awful angel. My song, simple agony. The voice low in the throat from hunger, anger, desire. The roll of the raspberry across the coveted tongue, that hard to resist colloquial come on. Long mute moments with the mouth wide open, waiting, body bent by want, in the desperate, clawing embrace of uncertainty and youth. Yes, light, yes, love, yes, the mystifying reach again and again toward the singing thing, which will become star and stone, or is sure to starve. And even starving, drunk and desperate, walking around after midnight with too many names in my mouth, sunk in the slick spill of the street, I start to see and shake. All the world leaping about me like flames. Elmwood Avenue flapping in the wind. My own life stroking me like a lover, striking like a match, every second a spark. Smoke billows from my pockets and I'm smiling. If I can carry it, I can say it. The fumbling and lasting joy of friendship, all of love, the in and out and through. The river, wanting a child, 5 a.m. in New York City, The guilt, vivid memory of childhood, the precise innocence of college, road trips, and Europe, and the rain. And how to keep walking as a woman alone, how not to cry all the time. How to dance all night and wear black and go home alone and be very, very happy with this song, this city, this handful of raspberries.
0: That's absolutely amazing. Thanks. You know what I like most about the way you write and the way you read? which I think is amazing, you should be very proud of, because I've tried to do it. I can either be one or the other. Like, if I write something passionate, it's passionate. If I write something beat, it's beat. Mm -hmm. If I write something painful, it's painful.
1: Right.
0: And, like, in that right there, that's what I felt. Passion, beat, Mm
1: -hmm. pain,
0: love, everything. You put it all in there, and you have these stops I don't know how you do that. It's amazing. You have these stops, but it, it, there's a flow to it, mm-hmm. you know? It's, yeah. like, very beat, but it's
1: it's not. It keeps flowing. Right. It's, it's great. Thank, Thank you, you so much for that. Who do you read? Um, let's see. Favorites of mine are Patti Smith and Robert Hass, as I mentioned. Um, Sharon Olds. Uh, I spend a lot of time rereading the same books of poems over and over really, so if I find one I love I just go nuts. I'm also a big fan of Alice Notley and Ted Berrigan and Eileen Miles, all those New York school second-generation people Who just kind of want to show you what's on their mind, you know, I really believe that poetry is a filter of consciousness You know like having a glass of wine will change your consciousness a little bit and so will reading a little bit of poetry you know, I think that most people who do enjoy poetry read it because they want to know what others are thinking and experiencing, right. and it's one way to truly be inside someone's head and someone's experience. I completely
0: agree. And there's um, there's so many people that, like, I look at um, I look at poets as um, almost as if like we're standing back observing the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: You know, kind of like that. Yes. Definitely
1: observation is an enormous part of it. Yeah, and
0: you're just you're just like uh, for instance like I could sit on my porch and uh, I don't know write about some absurd little scene. I'm watching, Mm -hmm. but it's a slice of life You know what I mean? So, you know and a lot of people when they hear poetry they go like They cringe yeah, because you're brought up with what you're taught from the textbook You know what I mean instead of like the offbeat Freestyle, you know, whatever that's going on sure and um that's why I love every everything, a matter of fact, too, when I went to Urban Epiphany, the most amazing artists I was introduced to and around, so grateful for. I met so many amazing people mm-hmm. there. I mean, too many to mention. I met so many people there, and it, it blew my mind because that's, like I said, I'm like, I felt like, wow, I'm home.
1: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I love that about Urban Epiphany. It's incredibly diverse. I mean, with a room full of 100 poets, you're going to hear something that you like. And if you don't, it's over in two minutes. That's yeah, so true. It's true. I, I you know, a <laughs> lot of over. the the it's folks who good. come come to hear are participants as well, but I, I hope that people will also come just to listen and really just get a taste of not only you know, the buffaloness of it all, but just poetry and right. realize that there's so many ways to go about it.
0: To enjoy it because it's like I don't know if it's just this year or if it's me. I, I see this huge surge like out of nowhere. New cafes opening, people publishing their own books, their Mm -hmm. own music, their own CDs. Artists just getting out there and doing it on their own, whatever it takes. And I'm loving that. I love it, you know? And it's like, this is great. It's like, uh, to quote Richard, he said what, what, he would love to see the artists take over Buffalo. Right. You know, yes. Something <laughs> along those <laughs> lines, you know. And it's like, I kind of see that starting. You know, that would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think that Buffalo is a big draw for artists. And we love to live here because you're not waiting around for permission for anyone. You're no. not You're not waiting for grant money. There's no money in it. It's just, you know, we have a comfortable place to live, fairly inexpensive inexpensively so that we can do what we want to do and I think that that's a real blessing and it's a big secret so don't, don't everyone move here and drive Hey, no, no, state. we're going to the other <laughs> g- <laughs> Shh. No. So, really, yeah, no that's word. why I say Just I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: either. I agree with you. Um, I want to talk to you about keeping a journal. Okay. Now, because I, I did when I was younger and it's kind of funny because now when I write, I, I don't keep a journal. I tend to just, like, whatever's on my head, it's got to go right to the keyboard to boom. And that's, mm-hmm. f- like, stream of consciousness, just yeah. like that. I always did keep a journal. The only time I'll, I'll take a journal now is, obviously, if I'm going somewhere. you Traveling. Know. But mm-hmm. I've done napkins, matchbook covers, whatever, pulled yeah. my car over. And I wanted to get your views mm-hmm. on keeping a journal.
1: Well, let's see. I've kept a journal since I was 11. When wow. I read the book, Harriet the Spy, which oh my uh, gosh, so did I? I have to I give props that. to, it's my, still one of my favorite books and a huge influence on me. It's all about self-expression and also honesty Yes, and how to deal with being an honest person in the world. We all need information about that. That's by Louise Fitzhugh, by the way. And, um, so inspired by that, I started to keep a journal then and I, I still do, um, for many, many years I wrote every day. Um, That's no longer the case and I used to be very meticulous about keeping track of each thing that went on and I think as I became a librarian, I I realized that I could let some of that go (laughs) You know, there are record keepers in the world besides me and it would be okay (laughs) Um, But I think keeping a journal is very important. It's it's cathartic Um, You can see the many moods you go through in in even a year or even a day And realize that they're fleeting. You know, something, some very important insights land there and some real junk lands on the page as well. Um, I do occasionally go back and try to read my old journals, but I find it terribly claustrophobic and painful. I don't want to be back in the past. Yeah, I agree. So I I, I think of the journal as something that can be done in the moment that's really good for people. And when I teach journal writing, I've taught to adults and also to adolescents, like almost in a, a healthcare context, like that. Um, it's good for your emotional health to have a place to put things so that you're not worrying about them, questions you have, things like that. Um, It's just kind of a a place to put lots of things. I don't really use it as a literary tool, though. Um, I know some people do. That's not my practice. I actually keep a separate notebook for my writing. Really? Yeah, so I think um, to have all my little writing practice uh, bits and all my notes... Jumbled in with all the emotional stuff of my life would just be too difficult So I keep them in different locations
0: and it's kind of funny because like a lot of people keep a personal journal Yes,
1: and I've never done that in my life.
0: I said I, I've done it for my son, uh-huh. so when he gets older, like, right. you know, he knows what was yeah. going on. But I never thought of keeping a journal for myself, and I, somebody had asked me, they're like, what do you mean you don't keep a journal for yourself? I'm like, I don't want to remember that yeah. stuff. It's all in my poetry anyhow. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really is. If I tell people, I'm like, all you have to do is know about me is to you know read my poetry my whole life. Yeah. That's how I look
1: at it. Yeah. Know. But it, for me, it's been, as a personal tool, it's been un- unsurpassed. See, so. and
0: there's a lot of people too that would, I, they just love journal writing. Yeah, it's just so. Um, and um, the oh, I wanted to mention this because I thought this was really cool. Did you know the Casanova Library is independent now? No, I went in there. I thought it was neat. Cause I was really sad when it closed. Yeah, it broke my heart. It's great that so the neighborhood folks. It's, it, yes, back? the awesome. neighborhood businesses. I went there i and anybody who's listening they're they're taking donations for books they're taking donations they're running independent now it's open again that's casanova library right by Cas park in south buffalo and uh, by mercy hospital and i happen to be driving by one day and i saw a sign that said you know apply within and i'm like well okay Mm -hmm. you know whatever i'll Mm -hmm. walk in i walk in there's a librarian and so I asked her all about it and she said they're running independent and they have their own little library cards and it's separate
1: from Great. Buffalo. Yep. I thought that was the coolest thing. Well, that's how libraries began. I mean, there's advantages to being in a system, but really people need books, people need information and ways to find what they need, so.
0: It is, so like I went home and I got, what are the, she told me they're accepting literary and self-help and uh, textbooks, okay. things like that now. Yep. Um, and I just went home I have tons of books and I said here you go you know and you know I just thought it was great because I grew up there and to see that I was like oh and it's that your perfect little library you know what I mean Mm -hmm. that's wonderful
1: that they're doing that
0: it is wonderful I thought it was great I just had to mention that too because you mentioned that before at Urban Epiphany about our uh our authors on on Parkway
1: Yes, Imagine young it. Yeah, she authors. Yes, you did. Yeah, I yeah, had a great experience this past year teaching at the Discovery School. And if you guys are out there, hi from Miss White. Um, just really enjoyable groups there. Bright kids. They're the only ones who ever figured out what my mystery Erie Canal object was. Really? Because they're thinkers. So they're doing good things there.
0: See, and I've been, I've been trying to get my son in there, too, because I want him to go there really bad. Yeah. I think it's a great school. Yep.
1: They're good writers, so excellent. Doing You're doing it. so
0: much. Goodness gracious!
1: Yeah, I get bored doing one thing. So, um,
0: also, what's the other thing you
1: want to read again? Sure. Go ahead. Um, this is an older poem that Sumari kind of requested, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and that's fine. And uh, it's um, kind request. of a poem about memory, I guess. It's called "Will." I will miss you. I will yank the stars into meaning, meaner than wind. I will wake wanting comfort, watching the window like a painting, the painting like a window. I will remember now as before. I will remember the way rain translates into tree, into apple, into taste, into memory. I know I will love again, because not all music has meaning for me yet. Um, and I, uh, the one, I love the last line of that poem. I think think it kind of veers off into another direction, but that's all right. Um, music is a major part of my life, although. That's why I loved it. Yeah. I mean, here I I guess I've been chosen to be a poet in this Mm. incarnation, but, um. You know if i could i think i would probably do music instead and it's i go out to hear live music i have music playing most of the time so it's why I, th-
0: I bet you that's why i wanted you to read that because that yeah. very last line i looked at it it's almost like wow you're there i'll never be done with music right exactly
1: ever yes and you know how like if you have a breakup with someone you you might lose a little music well that's not just going to happen all the time and and there's more music out there to be had. There so. is. Do you play any? Um, no, I've I've uh, done some singing in the past, and I've done some other sorts of collaborations, a little songwriting. But um, I'm certainly not a lead singer. I could probably fill out a background harmony really? though, if that's need cool. be. Cool. So. Any instruments? Um, no, no, nothing I can really claim. That is. That's amazing. A little thumb piano, maybe. <coughs> <Thumb> I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I could do them, what's that, from Big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask this question because, to me, it's kind of funny because I don't ever think, when you're a writer, I know you don't think of yourself a writer, but I'm
1: going to ask you, when did you realize you were a writer? That is a really good question. I've been a very serious writer for a, since I was a child, really. Probably a, between... 13 and 15 you know you can say as a kid oh i want to be a writer but i was actually writing novels at that age no way yeah about my little fantasy world where all the rock stars lived um you know it's just practice you know but um it really taught me how to write dialogue and how to move a plot along and things like that i do write fiction i'm better known as a poet but I'm working on a young adult novel now. You are? Yeah.
0: That is so cool because my son is into, like, the chapter books and yeah, things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about an 11-year-old girl. So, really? Yeah. So maybe he'll be the right demographic. Gosh.
0: The it is. Well, <laughs> he's still. going, well, you know, he likes all kinds of books. Well, he's like me, you know. I, I look at myself, I'm like, what am I doing to my child? But, yeah. no, I try to, I try to um, you know, expose him to everything. Yes.
1: And let him choose. Absolutely. So he loves books. It makes me so happy. Yeah. So I was more of a fiction writer as a little kid. And then poetry became very primary in college. And then I was in Seattle when Poetry Slams began. And while I'm not a big fan of the slam as a format, you know, it was great to see it become part of the culture of Seattle at that time. This was in about 1992 when I was living there. Um, And that was really inspiring. And I started to do readings then. And I, I feel as though, within my own work, I have some poems that are very much to be performed and some that are quieter and more for the page. But one compliment I often get is uh, once they've heard me read, a person will say, now when I read your book, I hear your voice in my head. 100% so true. That's, to me, a compliment. That makes it closer to music.
0: I agree. And that's why I like getting out and hearing spoken word and that I've already heard you speak and then got your book yes so it i it yeah i it's i agree what else can i say Mm -hmm. um did you want to keep reading yeah i'll read another
1: um this is called the way the way as they lie she sighs and stops but kisses him and says go on and gives a squeeze come i can't she says and he hovering stops to say but it's not the same it's not right and she lifts her head in a swan stretch of sadness surrender and this shift hits the latch and he spills a sob sweat trickling the way a tear makes a river in the flesh Um, That one was a real challenge to write just because it's a moment that, you know, many of us, I'm sure, have experienced. I I Um, really like that. But it's such a subtle little thing, and it was hard to put into words, but I'm Mm. pleased with the expression of it. It
0: touched me. As soon as I read it, I knew exactly. I pictured the whole scene. Yes. I don't think
1: it's a slice of life. It's not indecent. It's just part of life. It is. It is. Keep going, please. Okay. I'll read another Let's see. Hmm. Ah, um, the next poem I'll read is Blessed. And this one is for another poet friend of mine, Alan Johnson. Because we had spoken to each other when we were alone and afraid and talking to ourselves, because we are burning to death in the same fire, we were blessed enough to find each other, to have had angels tear into our skins and sing there and stay because our conversations leave nothing out, because we tell each other what we think is true and agree, that there is no such thing as wasted time, that madness is not easier and love will come, that there's a body full of blood in every poem, that there is poetry beyond truth and life beyond poetry, that there is no one right way. You are touched and terribly alone, and your voice is straining after the beauty in things, and this in itself is valuable. I love you, I tell you, and it's the only time I'm not afraid.
0: That just Mm -hmm. gave me chills on my arms. (laughs) (laughs) that when Celia reads? If you guys could see, the hairs are standing up on Mm -hmm. my arms. Sweet. You do. I'm serious. Did
1: you ever take any, like, voice lessons or anything? No, I never really did. Really? Yeah, I think it's just having imbibed a lot of music over time. <laughs> it's really
0: good. See, I have to find something with my voice. I find a lot of times it's too harsh maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, you have hmm. this you have this way of projecting yourself. Oh, I don't even know how to explain it. Subtle but strong. Cool. I don't know how else to explain it. That's great. You come across exactly how you mean to, but it's in a very soft, passionate manner.
1: That's fine with me.
0: That's why I love hearing you read. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to ask you a favor real quick. Will you sign my book? Sure. Right Right now? Yeah.
1: You should talk while I I That's okay.
0: I'm sitting here. I have a couple things. Again, like I said, if you want to go to Urban Epiphany, it's www.urban-epiphany.blogspot.com to sign up April of every year, www.newbuffalographics.com. A ten Elmwood Ave to get some t shirts from this year. Also, um, Celia's spot is on www.celia the poet.blogspot.com. She has archives of Urban Epiphany, she has photos on there, she has everything you need to know about her um, and all of her works. And uh, please visit those visit those spots. And um, it's huge to the culture and the art of, of Buffalo and also Urban Epiphany. Anybody from my own experience, I will tell you, thank you, Celia. You're welcome. I will tell you, if you are nervous about going out to read and you've never read, this is the perfect time to do it is at Urban Epiphany. I mean, do it anywhere, start mm-hmm. in a small cafe. But personally, I did a couple cafe readings and I wasn't even gonna go. I was like sick to my stomach, Something. I'm thinking this is some huge event. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, all these people are gonna be here. And I'm like, no, I forced myself to go. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm so grateful because everyone there is just there for the art. No one's pretentious. There's nothing going on but the art. Mm-hmm. They're just there to read. Yeah. I saw people coming off the street, signing in, read and then they leave i saw groups of people come in just to sit for a, a it was a nice day just mm-hmm. let's come in and listen to poetry some
1: people bring a cushion and stay all day yeah. bring sandwiches some I mean people it was come and go and that's all fine
0: i thought that was the most beautiful thing yeah. i had experienced i'm not even kidding i'm you. really
1: happy that i've created something that is so welcoming um you know like people get scared at slams for example well, yeah. as a young poet very scary they're People are there to judge you. This is not what Urban no, it's Epiphany not. is about. People, I hear people say they come to hear what their poet friends are doing. Exactly. Like, what are we all working on? What are our themes this year? Oh, I see poets I never see the rest of the year. And a lot of people say it's their favorite event all year. And that it just is. touches my heart.
0: So. And when you go on that, too, it should touch your heart. Because I was involved in two. One was a slam and one was mm-hmm. Urban Epiphany. Yeah. The slam, I was nervous. I read horribly. I ended up messing up. I was being judged by people that knew nothing about poetry. So I'm like, it was just like so corporate to me that I was just like, Mm -hmm. ugh. Yeah. You know, I didn't want anything to do with it. Where urban epiphanies, more like grassroots, I'm talking like, this is how I would explain it people coming out of the cracks in the sidewalk to read yeah that's what it is yeah and I loved it that's where I first met Christina Donnelly I'd only talked to her and we hugged each other like we knew each other forever yeah, yeah it does it's like have how that was when I met you too you know it yeah. is it's beautiful yeah be I love so the years when
1: I have some of my own students up there reading and then we also have folks who are in their 80s and 90s coming up to read and it's like ah oh, you know watch the legacy can mm-hmm. hand it around. It's a it's wonderful
0: thing. I'm not even kidding um did you want to jump to your... Sure. Go right ahead. Okay.
1: Well, um, I'm going... This is the second last poem I'll read. And um, it's kind of a big one for me. I'd almost call it an epic. And it's called Kali Yuga. And the title refers to the age of Kali, which is also known as the age of dark darkness, which is described in the Hindu uh, scriptures. It is one of the four stages of development that the world goes through as part of the of the cycle of the yugas, just like we would think of, you know, we have the golden age and so forth. Um, We seem to be in this age and it's kind of one of the last (laughs) of, of humanity before it all burns down and turns over. And I think it's very much where we're at. So this is Kali Yuga. This is the Kali Yuga, and the roses have left the building. This is the Kali Yuga, and the libraries have been padlocked. This is the Kali Yuga, and the the women can't come, and the men can't love. This is the Kali Yuga, and TV counts as meditation. This is the Kali Yuga, and yoga is canned commodity. This is the Kali Yuga, and our breathing is shallow, as rivers run dry, as trees die. This is the Kali Yuga, and I light candles, and I pray, and I love whoever I can, and I write this poem. This is the Kali Yuga, and knowledge has tape over its mouth, videotape cassette tape, duct tape, ticker tape, ticker tape, ticker tape, this is the Kali Yuga and Kali is coming. This is the Kali Yuga and your food is full of lies. This is the Kali Yuga and the news is full of lies. This is the Kali Yuga and the leaders are full of lies. This is the Kali Yuga and our money is sad and fickle. This is the Kaliuga, and the streets shatter and shout and the streets bleed and cower and the streets are cold shelter for hungry children angry parents. This is the Kali Yuga and nude teenage money rules the world and tobacco company profits rule the world and comma ink period rules the world. This is the Kali Yuga and the American Congress means international gang rape means incestuous banking means shut up because I said so. This is the Kali Yuga and we're not allowed to call it war and we're not allowed to call it mama and we're not allowed to call home. This is the Kali Yuga and art is howling and poetry is impoverished and books bleed and websites rattle. This is the Kali Yuga and all movies Movement is to the left. This is the Kali Yuga, and all movement is towards what's left. This is the Kali Yuga, and being a vegetarian will not save you, and being a mother will not save you, and being a Buddhist will not save you, and being a Republican will not save you, and being a poet will not save you, and being put to death by the state will not save you, and being American will certainly not save you, and chanting will not save you, and knowing will not save you, and hearing this poem will not save you. This is the Kali Yuga, and writing this poem will not save me. Only the allegiance to the truth will save me. And when she burns, something new comes through. And when she burns, something true comes to you. And when she burns, her dirty hands bring forth roses. And when she burns, her bones shine. And when she burns, those who see begin to sing. And when she burns, seeds burst into life. And her burning is our maturing. Her burning is our living. Her burning sheds all deaths. Her burning is a turning, is a returning, is nurturing, is illuminating, is learning. Her burning is speaking your name. Her burning is speaking your name. The same as my name, your name. Good God, that was beautiful. Do you know they just put tears in my eyes? Me
0: too. I'm not even kidding you. you guys. I'm sitting here, I have tears in my eyes from that. Oh, Celia, goodness, wow. Crying on the air. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was amazing. That's absolutely should be so proud of that. Thank you. My God. Keep going, please.
1: Um, The final poem is the final poem in my book, Letter, and it's called "If I Were." If I were in a place without God or beauty, if I survived that death, to live calm in the dearth. If I found grace enough to live upon for an hour or a day, I would walk each inch of ground in those chains and that cloak. I would stare ceaselessly until I found one flower. I
0: love that. You know, I love that because that reminds me of, like, in the middle of the ugliness of life and even the city, you find beauty yes. in something small. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, I'm still reeling from that poem. <laughs> I, I can't even think straight. I won't be able to drive home. That wow, gosh, that was mind blowing. You should you should record that. So, you, are you considering doing anything like that? Um, A spoken could. word CD. I'm not even kidding.
1: Yeah, it's not something I consume. You know, so I'm not the audience for it. But I'm not opposed to making it if gosh, people are interested. You so. should
0: so do that. Wow, that blew, that totally blew me away. Totally, totally blew me away. What um, I have to tell you something that's kind of personal. Um, I feel I have to say this too because the first time I met you, I felt a total connection to you mm-hmm. right off the bat, and yeah. I think everybody feels that with Celia. It's her spirit, and it's beautiful. And I want to say, you know, see Patrick White, your father. Mm-hmm. I know he's looking down at you, Celia, and he's smiling. He's proud of his little baby girl well, thank because you. you are so well accomplished and I hold you in the highest regard and one day hope to accomplish half of what
1: you have. Well, had. thank you. So, That's a real you know, compliment. Just
0: keep that in your head that you know he's proud of his daughter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to do the best for community. You do? so, And
0: you do it selflessly. Thanks. This is yeah. a selfless giving woman. And... Uh, what we're going to end with is um, something from Urban Epiphany from this year that Celia read that I absolutely fell in love with. It ended the whole show, and it is, um, it's entitled One
1: Word. and It's actually a poem I wrote specifically for Urban Epiphany. I try to write a fresh one each year. Oh, you do? You so did? That, so that was, was brand new that day.
0: Excellent. Great. So we'll, we'll hear that. Great.
1: One word. This city, my city, I need one word for it. It's not shirk or fight or listen. It's not drink or win or relax. It's not fame or snow or elm tree. It's not diner or fog or money. The word is not succeed or breathe or pray. It's not build or destroy or conquer. It's not innovate, or taste, or ruminate. My city, your word is not bison, or river, or change. Green, no. Sex, no. Cholesterol, no. (laughs) Abundance, no. Goo goo, no. (laughs) Ani DeFranco, hell no. (laughs) Compete, cooperate, coinage, carnage, comfort, Yes, there's eggplant parmesan and a parking space for me. Yes, there's trees and people who cherish them. There's chickweed and yarrow and violets. There's music everywhere I go. There's people making things and people trying things for the first time. There's a baby in Allentown who shines like a pearl. There's a sullen heart on Delaware Avenue. There are avatars in North Buffalo and 10-year-old novelists on Casanova Parkway. There's a room full of poets who have notebooks and bodies full of words. What's your word for this city, our city? Be sure to write it down.